Synagogue Church of Jesus Christ presents Revival with your host evangelist, Pastor Johnny O. Teaching and preaching God's holy word. Now let's learn God's holy word on Revival. Dimitri Duderman, Through the Fire Without Burning. The true story of a Romanian pastor facing communist persecution. Messages from God, Chapter 12. America Will Burn. September 1984. One night I could not sleep. The children were sleeping on the luggage. My wife and daughter were crying. I went outside and walked around. I didn't want them to see me cry. I walked around the building crying and saying, God, God, why did you punish me? Why did you bring me into this country? I can't understand nobody. If I try to ask anybody anything, all I hear is, I don't know. I stopped in front of the apartment and sat on a large rock. Suddenly a bright light came toward me. I jumped to my feet because it looked as if the car was coming directly at me, attempting to run me down. I thought the Romanian secret police had tracked me to America and now they were trying to kill me. But it wasn't a car at all. As the light approached, it surrounded me. From the light I heard the same voice I had heard so many times in prison. He said, Dimitri, Dimitri. Why are you so despaired? I answer, why did you punish me? Why did you bring me to this country? I have nowhere to lay my head down. I can't understand anybody. He said, Dimitri, didn't I tell you that I am here with you also? I brought you to this country because this country will burn. I said, then why did you bring me here to burn? Why didn't you let me die in my own country? You should have let me die in jail in Romania. He said, Dimitri, have patience so I can tell you. Get on this. I got on something next to him. I don't know what it was. I also know that I was not asleep. It was not a dream. It was not a vision. I was awake just as I am now. He showed me all of California and said, this is Sodom and Gomorrah. All of this All in of one this day will burn. Day burn. Its sins Sin has reached has to, the, reached holy to the Holy One. Then he took me to Las Vegas. This, this is Sodom and Gomorrah. And one day one it day will burn. Then he showed me the state of New York. Do you know what this is? He asked. I said, no. He said, this is New York. This is Sodom and Gomorrah. And one day, it will burn. Then he showed me all of Florida. This is Florida, he said. This is Sodom and Gomorrah. And one day, it will burn. Then he took me back home to the rock where I had begun. All of this I have shown you. And one day, it will burn. I said, how will it burn? He said, remember what I am telling you because you will be going on TV, on the radio, and in churches. You must yell with a loud voice, do not be afraid because I will be with you. I said, how will I be able to go? Who knows me here in America? I don't know anybody here. He said, don't worry yourself. I will go before you and will do a lot of healing in the American churches and I will open the doors for you. But do not say anything else besides what I tell you. This country, this country will, burn. will burn. I said, what will you do to the churches? He said, I want to save the church. But the churches have forsaken me. I said, how did they forsake you? He said, the people praise themselves. The honor the people are supposed to give to Jesus Christ 
they take for themselves. In the churches are divorces. There is adultery in the churches. There are homosexuals in the churches. There is abortion in the churches and all other sins that are possible. Because of the sin, I have left some of the churches. You must yell a loud voice that they must put an end to their sinning. They must turn toward the Lord. The Lord never gets tired of forgiving. They must draw close to the Lord and live a clean life. If they have sinned until now, they must put an end to it and start a new life as the Bible tells them to live. I said, how will America burn? America is the most powerful country in the world. Why did you bring us here to burn? Why didn't you at least let us die where all the Dunamans have died? He said, remember this, Dmitri. The Russian spies have discovered where the nuclear warehouses are located in America. When the Americas will think that it is peace and safety from the middle of the country, some of the people will start fighting against the government. The government will be busy with the internal problems. Then from the oceans, from Cuba, Nicaragua, Mexico. He told me two other countries, but I did not remember what they were. They will bomb the nuclear warehouses. When they explode, America will burn. What will you do with the church of the Lord? How will you save the ones that will turn to you? I asked. He said, tell them this, how I saved the three young ones from the furnace of the fire and how I saved Daniel in the lion's den is the same way I will save them. The angel of the Lord also told me, I have blessed this country because of the Jewish people who are in this country. I have seven million Jews in this country, but they do not want to recognize the Lord. They don't want to thank God for the blessings they have received in this country. Israel doesn't want to recognize the Messiah, Jesus Christ. They put their faith in Jewish people in America. But when America burns, the Lord will raise China, Japan, and other nations to go against the Russians. They will beat the Russians and push them all the way back to the gates of Paris. Over there, they will make a treaty and appoint the Russians as their leaders. They will then unite against Israel. When Israel realizes she does not have the strength of America behind her, she will be frightened. That's when she will turn to the Messiah for deliverance. That's when the Messiah will come. Then the church will meet the Messiah, Jesus, in the air, and he will bring them back with him to the Mount of Olives. At that time, the Battle of Armageddon will be fought. When I heard all of this, I said, if you are truly the angel of the Lord, and everything you have told me is true, then all you have said must be written in the Holy Bible. He said, tell everyone to read from Jeremiah 51, 8 through 15. Revelations chapter 18. And tell them to read Zechariah chapter 14, where Christ fights against those who possess the earth. After his victory, the angel said, there will be one flock and one shepherd. There will be no need for light. The Lamb of God will be the light. And there will be no sickness, no tears, and no death. And there will only be eternal joy and God will be ruler. There will be only one language, only one song, and no need for a translator. And Dimitri, he continued, a word of warning. If you keep anything from the American people that you are told, I will punish you severely. How will I know that this is for real? That it will really happen, I asked, Dimitri said. As a sign that I have spoken to you, said the angel, tomorrow, before you awake, I will send someone to bring you a bed. At noon, I will send you a car and a bucket of honey, and after which I will send someone to pay your rent. Then the angel left, and everything that was prophesied was told to Dimitri had come to pass. The next day, before he awoke, someone brought him a bed, and then somebody brought him a car and a bucket of honey, and then somebody gave him $500 for his rent. 
prophecies fulfilled. If that was the fulfillment to legitimize the angel of the Lord, then you can guarantee that the prophet Dmitri Dudeman, who prophesied over this nation back in 1984, truly it will come to pass. It is not ironic and a coincidence that 2020 was the start of the internal revolution between the Democrats who are being influenced by the CCP, Chinese Communist Party, and the Republicans here who are supporting the real president who's going to have his last term, which the Bible ironically speaks of, the last Trump. Since the outset of 2020, when I began the ministry, God told me never to say that Trump won anything or will win anything. All that God wanted me to say was Trump remains. And I kept that campaign, that prophetic word, always. Recently, I was speaking to a friend and she commented that all the extremists got it wrong. Was I a part of that group? I told her I did not proclaim him to be a consecutive second term holder. I just said Trump remains. And when the elections and court cases and anything that pertained to Trump happened, I always kept telling everybody, don't rejoice so quickly because we can have a sense of defeat and confusion but remember what the Lord told me to tell you Trump remains when Trump didn't get into office and in the inauguration or shall we say the fake inauguration happened the social media was blowing up with people calling me a false prophet a liar fake Christian yet now here we are as I was stating back in August, September, October, November, December, and up to all the way till now, a statement from Rebecca Sterling back in 2015 when she was on True News. She said very clearly, because I cannot guarantee a fair elections, we will just wait till the riots and chaos subsides. Then maybe in the spring, we will revisit this and we did revisit in the spring after all of the lies that Biden won and that Camila was in and everything was settled Trump never conceded but in the background was moving and seeking the preponderance of evidence to present to the court, the Supreme Court, which will rule over and go over with forensics every shred of paper, testimony, video, and everything that they shall receive. And then they will make that decision. They will reinstate him. I'm prophesying that. Kim Clement, another prophet, genuine prophet, I'm sorry so many ministries out there are jealous of him because they've personally had a negative encounter or have thought negative about him. I pray that they repent. But Kim Clement, who is a genuine prophet, just like Dmitry Dudeman, prophesied that once they make that decision that Trump shall be reinstated, two of them will step down because of the embarrassment of what shall occur. They'll be embarrassed that they placed back Trump in power and took out the clone, the double Biden. From there, I can tell you that the prophecies are clear that Trump shall remain. I'm gonna read you something that was presented to me by J.R. Church. He's with the Lord today. He wrote a book called The Hidden Prophecies of the Psalms, where 
he found that the Psalms equaled the years of the Gregorian calendar. Right now, technically, we would be in Psalms 121, 2021. Let me read that to you. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. A declaration. God exists. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out, your coming in, from this time forth and forevermore. That prophecy, which is just a psalm, first of all, it speaks about Trump in verses 3. Let me read that to you again. He will not allow your foot to be moved. Some people like to say that's about Israel and that Israel's foot shall not move. But I come back to the first sentence where it says, I will lift my eyes to the hills. Capitol Hill? Allow your foot to be moved? Could this be Trump? Such an assumption can be placed there. Then we continue to see that God has an ultimate plan and that he shall preserve your soul. Why is he going to preserve our soul? Because now a declaration was made by the prophets stating that the Lord told them starting on 4th of July that just passed, there's going to be a spiritual shift. Those that are on fire and cold for God will increase in intensity and those that are lukewarm which are also called the foolish versions will fall away much farther than ever and you're going to see Matthew chapter 25 come to fruition but there's another prophecy I have to also warn which is Psalms 122 let me read that I was glad when they said to me let us go into the house of the Lord our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Listen to that. That's only verse 1 and 2. Let's continue. Jerusalem is built, a city that is compact together, where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, that to the testimony of Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord, for the thrones are set there for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace within your walls. Prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say, Peace be within you. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. End of the psalm. Now, let's review that in light of Revelations chapter 6. You see, Psalms 122 would equal 2022. And God doesn't work with the Gregorian calendar. He works with his calendar, the Hebrew calendar. And by September, the Hebrew calendar starts all over again with the uh, first day of his calendar. But that would technically also be the first day of 2022, although it will be in a Hebrew sense. Because 2022 in the Gregorian starts always in December, but for God, it starts a little early. It's really significant that we stay with God's calendar. If that's the case, Dana has been talking about last year in his September dream about a thousand shofars going off, which is reminiscent of being a rapture. Rapture. Now, go, let's go back to the Psalms 122 for a moment. When we talk about it starts off by saying, I am glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Now, the Jerusalem that comes down from heaven is a living temple. So immediately, I'm asserting that as a living temple. That means that somebody rose already. Could it be somebody rose? I was glad 
when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord? Hmm. Wow. Let's continue reading. Jerusalem is built. Now it's, wait a minute. It's been built. What are you talking about? You see it? You, do you get to see the analogy? It's starting. There's a supernatural building already that begun in Psalms 122. A city that is compact together where the tribes go, the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord, for the thrones are set there for judgment. And that's why God did say that we will be judging the angels. He said that in the scriptures. So the more I go deeper into this, it says, pay, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. Palaces. I will go and return and bring you unto me that where I am, you shall be also. And I will, he says he's going to build us mansions for ourselves. Mansions is also like palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions. And I will say, peace be within you because of the house of the Lord your God. And I will seek your good. Now, that's Psalms 122. When we turn to Revelation, what I mentioned before, that if you go to Revelation chapter 6, you see, watch this. This is very significant of what the Word of God is teaching. If we go to the fifth seal, and I start here, we can read here, when he opened the fifth seal, verse 9, it starts, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altars of the souls of those who have been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. They cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Verse 11 is very, very key. I wrote the word rapture next to it. Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. Now, if you notice, it's the same thing that God is giving them rest so that they can rest from what is about to occur. And if you continue, when you go back to 122, here, um, let me do that real quick. Watch here. 122. You read very clearly that God also said, I, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates. And he tells them here that they are now set for judgment. And that's what they wanted. They wanted that judgment in, in, in Revelations chapter 6, the fifth seal, verses 9 through 11. And he was asking for that judgment. And he said for them to wait for it, that they're set for the judgment. Do you see the coordination? you see the, the coincidence, how the scriptures within the hermeneutics works together? It's the same. So Dana, who was talking about a rapture, and also Bishop Charles that talked about also seeing three pastors floating in the air, similar to a rapture or a revival, I think something significant can occur and maybe might occur this September. It's going to rock all the nations. Now, some people have been saying that there are going to be uh, suitcase nukes going off. And Dana had recently a Wall Street dream where there was no power. Now, let's go back a little bit. If this is so, then if the dead in Christ does rise first, let me read that in 1 Thessalonians because a lot of people get that out of context as well. When I read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, which is right here, and I read it from verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. That's what's going to occur. You can read that in Ezekiel 37. You don't find nothing about Israel becoming a, 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 an Israel becoming born in a day there. Uh, that refers to the to the nation that is in 1948, May 14th at 4.32 p.m. Everybody likes to associate it to that, and I thank God for it, and I'm not going to argue that fact, but the fact of the matter is Ezekiel 37 is about the dead in Christ rising only. And following that, 38 and 39 is the war of Gog and Magog. So it, immediately 
uh, chronologically goes into uh, the uh, wars of the second seal and the third seal and then the fourth seal and the fifth seal has already been fulfilled so it's like chronological everything is just one two three four five all the way down to the six which six is if you read the sixth one on the sixth seal uh you could find out that we're going home because everybody likes to say that those are rocks falling from the heavens when you read it but if i read it to you uh you get to find out that we go home the sixth seal I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was an earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood. Let me explain what that is. And it even tells you later on in the scriptures, we're going to read that the tumbling clouds of fire are billowing over each other. It's fire, lightning. I mean, it's electrifying what we're seeing, and it's scary, scary. And the earth is shaking because you know at the trembling of the lord when israel went to the mountain to meet moses at mount sinai they were terrified to see this sight they were looking at clouds and bellowing thunders and thunders of lightning and jet black clouds some people say but you know god god's in the clouds and the dark clouds and say yeah he comes that way and psalm 97 if i get there real quick right here i can read it to you Ah, uh, there it is. Psalms 97. I'm not going to move on from there. Psalms 97 says, The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the multitudes of the isles be glad. Then listen to this. The clouds and darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundations of his throne. A fire goes before him and burns up his enemies around about. His lightning lights the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. And at the presence of the Lord, the whole earth, the heavens declare his righteousness and all the people see his glory. Then he, this is a warning, that all be put to shame who served carved images, who boast of idols. Worship him, all you gods. He calls these people gods. And here Zion hears and is glad and the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments, O Lord. For you, Lord, are most high above all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. Then here, he takes us home. This is a rapture. So this Psalm 97 is in conjunction to Revelations, uh, the sixth seal. Watch this. Verse 10 in Psalm 97. You who love the Lord hate evil. He preserves the souls of his saints. Here, right here, he says... He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. That is right there, a rapture, caught up, being caught up. Hypatso, he takes us out of here. Hypatso, we're out of here. And then here, let me, on the uh, chapter 6, verse 12, I read there, but we're going to go in verse 13. Now, verse 13, people like to say that the stars of heaven fell to the earth as fig trees drops its figs. Which, are, which is shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the commanders, and the commanders, and the mighty men, and every slave, every free man, and hid themselves in the caves, and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains, and rocks fall on us, and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Right there, the declaration of 16 and 17, they are, they're making the declaration, they're physically seeing Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who is now passing a judgment. And then here, when you read about the angels, right here, the stars, excuse me, and the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig drops its late figs when it is shaken by the mighty, that's some people like to say that all those are rocks or asteroids hitting the earth, and and because of the the, the wind and this and that. I'm going to give you a new interpretation. Those stars are angels going to pick us up and take us out of here. That's what that is, and we're out of here because when you go to verse chapter seven, it starts with seven. It talks about the 144 evangelists, and that's about it. And the glory of the Lord. It talks about it and. And everything else but when he gets to chapter 8 that's when he opens up the seventh seal which is silence in heaven for what we are about to see which is Apophis about to strike very soon and that's going to be the trumpet uh, judgments that are going to come right after that so right here staying in context the sixth seal 
and Psalm 97 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 16 through 18 and Ezekiel 37 and so many other places that I can point to are talking about the dead in Christ rising. When they rise by the command of the Lord, by the blasting of the shofar, according to the Lord's word, the radiation or whatever technique God uses to raise the bodies will shut our power grid. We will have no more power. It will be over. And then from there, that's when we have uh, Ken Peters, who saw the tribulation. When the dead in Christ rose, there was no power. Just as soon as I fell into sleep, this dream began to start. It started with a very, very, very loud noise. The best description that I can give to you would be to tell you it sounded like a, a, a car horn uh, from the 70s. How many remember what car horns sounded like in the 70s? They were very loud horns in those days. Or now they're just kind of a little beep, 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 beep kind of horn. But in those days, I mean, if you really laid on the horn, they were loud. This kind of sounded like that, except for it was extremely loud, very ear-piercing, and it, it lasted for a long period of time, kind of like a stuck horn. Has anyone ever heard a stuck horn? It was very similar to that. Uh, right at that moment of hearing this, I was given the ability, again, I'll share with you some things that seem to be very chronological in how this dream worked out. And yet, in some places, I can't tell you specific time frames because it was almost as though I was interjected into different situations uh, without the understanding of time moving along. Some things were just very panoramic. It was just a wide, big picture that I saw. But at this point of the dream, I was given the opportunity uh, to see kind of from the, uh, the heavens looking down on the earth. And what I saw was that I was able to see it, the globe was kind of out here like this. And I was able to see very clearly many cemeteries and graveyards. Then I was brought very close to many of these graveyards. And what I saw was a very unusual thing to me was that the ground was breaking open. Literally, the dirt was breaking open kind of violently, and people were coming out of the graves. Um, I'll tell you that as a Catholic, I prayed many, many times that uh, I believed in the resurrection of the dead. But I, I don't really believe at that point in, in the dream especially that I was persuaded that that would actually happen. I know now that that's what I saw. I saw dead people resurrected from the graves. The condition that they came out was very unusual, and uh, the, the other thing that was unusual was that uh, one cemetery plot uh, headstone would have a person come out of the dirt, and one next to it would not. There, it seemed to be uh, uh, a kind of a, a not, not just random, but kind of a categorized uh, launching, so to speak, of these people out of the dirt. Uh, again, it was very violent. It was almost... Uh, as though the, the, the dirt was receiving a small explosion or something and breaking open. And I literally saw dirt flying. And I saw this all over the globe. It wasn't just in one area. It wasn't just in, say, the United States. It was all over. And when people would begin to come out, their appearance, uh, two things about their appearance first astounded me. The first thing was that the clothes they were wearing uh, seemed to be like a choir robe. Uh, they... they uh, were kind of like a long dress, so to speak, uh, a cloak almost hanging off them. Uh, but in the middle of the day, uh, it was like uh, uh, those outfits that entertainers wear when they're under the lights and the lights, uh, you know, key in on them and the sequins kind of make the light just shoot off and they glimmer. These people came out in the middle of the day glimmering. Their outfits and their person was brighter than the sun. I, I wish I could explain that to you other than I could see the brightness of these people coming out. Men, um, although they had these robes on, appeared to be very, very masculine. Uh, you know, I always used to think that, you know, those robes I had to wear when I graduated from school kind of looked kind of feminine, you know. But these things that these people were wearing were masculine, and yet when women were resurrected, uh, they looked very feminine. Again, I'm going to give you the, the, the dream exactly as I saw it. Some things I wish sounded more exciting, and other things I wish were just a bit tamer, but I'm going to give it to you exactly as I saw it. These people that came out, it was difficult for me to explain this over the years, 
older people would come out with the appearance that they were old, but they weren't old. They, you could tell that they had lived a full life, uh, maybe, you know, 80 years, 75 years, something like that. But uh, say, for instance, their hair that was lost was, gone, was back again. Um, they looked mature, but they didn't look aged, okay? Young people, I saw a lot of young, young people resurrected. And uh, although they looked very young, they, 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 they weren't very young. They, there was a maturity about them. I, I wish, again, I could clearly define how this appeared uh, during the dream. Um, the, the, the position that I was in at this time didn't give me the allowance to understand these things because of the staunch Catholicism that, that my family and I had practiced. I had never heard of, of Protestant uh, Christian practices. I had never been to a Protestant church. I had never uh, experienced someone witnessing to me the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, and the plan of salvation. I had never read the book of Revelation. And to be very, very frank with you, uh, even to this day, it would have been a lot easier for my life if I would have never been given this dream. All of a sudden, the people that came out, uh, they, they, just, they just disappeared. I wish I could tell you where I saw them go. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if they were taken and hidden somewhere. I don't know if they were taken in the clouds because I never saw them go up. I never saw them go away. They just vanished. Okay. One thing I can tell you is I did not see one person on planet Earth changed like we've read in the Bible where it says, you know, the dead in Christ shall rise first and those which are alive and remain shall be changed. Listen to what he just said. He just said that nobody that remained, I kept telling you, and we who are alive and remain, we did not go up right away. We didn't go anywhere. Listen to it again. One thing I can tell you is I did not see one person on planet Earth changed like we've read in the Bible where it says, you know, the dead in Christ shall rise first and those which are alive and remain shall be changed. I didn't see anybody at that point when I saw these people come out of the grave changed or get zapped out of planet Earth, meet the Lord in the clouds. I didn't see anything like that, okay? Again, I need to tell you, I had never heard of a rapture. I had never, I, as a Catholic, second coming of Christ was not even a dogma of our church. We didn't practice the belief in a second literal coming of Jesus Christ. And so this all was very foreign to me. And uh, as soon as these people uh, disappeared, for a lack of words, wherever they went, mass hysteria began to hit the earth. Uh, people had the appearance of absolute despair, um, hysteria, there was pandemonium everywhere, there was mass chaos, lawlessness and fearless, or fear was working everywhere. Uh, I was able again to see in many quadrants of the earth and there wasn't any one nation that was under this, all of the globe was experiencing this. Can you understand the pre-trip uh, thinking? How many people have been taught that? Hundreds of books written on that? Do you know how many people are going to say, Oh, I'm left behind. Oh, my God. And start crying, not knowing that God's plan is that he, he already planned for us to be left behind, not because he's angry at us. Uh, and I'm only talking about the remnant, those that are faithful, that are sacrificing, those that are refining their lives by fire through the gold, um, which is written in Revelations chapter 3, verse 14 and beyond. Uh, buy from me gold refined in the fire. That means that you've that you're struggling, that you're fighting, that you're you're constantly repenting, that you're studying God's word, that you're in you're in church, you have your Bible study, you you're you're constantly thinking God. You're in God. You are a part of Jesus Christ. Those people, the remnant that that um, that have believed in the pre-rapture are crying. They go, Oh my God, I I'm left behind. I'm oh. And I'm teaching you as a pastor, you're not left behind, you're not forsaken, you're the wise virgins in Matthew 25. Go read it. God loves you. Who's going to teach these people? The foolish virgins or the lukewarm? Come on, people, wake up. He's using us. We've been sleeping and slumbering forever. Now it's time to wake up and do the church, the, the bidding of the church, the bidding of the Lord. And start waking up the, uh, the, the, the others that are slumbering and sleeping all day long. And also have them re repent, those lukewarms. Many of the lukewarm we're going to get to repent, and others we won't. That, that's our calling. And then we go home by fire. 
You, I read that in, in the sixth seal. You've read that before uh, many times, even in Psalms 97. So you know that God is going to do that, and he's not going to stop everything. So he's, he's working it, man. He's working. He's got a plan for us all. Let's listen to the rest of this. I'm going to stop it right where we lose, we lose, he loses the power. He talks about the power gone for two weeks uh, because after that, a voice comes out, and I think that's the Antichrist. Most likely it is the Antichrist, but we're not going to go there in this episode. We're just going to stop at the uh, power outages, and then we're going to go into Dana Coverstone's dream. All right, let's continue with Ken Peters saw the tribulation. Uh, as the mass pandemonium and despair began to permeate society, there was uh, a very unusual event that happened. Television, uh, telephone, radio, and this other unusual communication device, I was able to see into many, many homes in the United States, these white boxes that were about this big that looked to be like televisions. And were, when I saw these, they were in nearly every single home in the U.S. And uh, they would have words written across them, and occasionally it would almost look as though television was playing through them. All of those uh, media devices were shut down for about a two-week period. I know now that what I was seeing was personal computers in people's homes. And so I saw these in homes just about everywhere. All these things were shut down. Uh, one of the things that was happening during this uh, hysteria was many, many peoples were asking, where did these people go? What happened? And all the globe saw this event, uh, or they experienced it afterwards. What I saw in people was that literally nearly everyone I experienced had a great, great look of despair and hopelessness upon their face. Everywhere I went, there was hopelessness. Nobody seemed to be happy about living. Um, you know, I've never experienced that. I've been to a lot of public places where people are bummed out, not happy, not doing well, but not the globe in masses. I don't know, maybe you've seen that. I haven't. Uh, so this hysteria brought a complete hopelessness and total perplexity to just about everyone. The television communications were down for a period of time. Again, people have asked me, well, what do you think caused that? I I'm really not positive, and so I'm actually quite excited that God is, is showing me some things that... Um, uh, other men have got to be a part of by being strategically placed. This uh, shutdown alarmed all of the peoples, and it lasted for about two weeks. Can you imagine briefly tonight all of your communications, your telephone, computers, television, and radio being shut down for a two-week period of time? Can you imagine the hysteria? Can you imagine you know, the inability for a supermarket to contact its suppliers to get more, more supplies? or gasoline, or, or transactions. I mean, just, I mean, it, it's, it's amazing when you begin to see it kind of unfold the depth. This lasted about two weeks. Again, I want to remind you, I was not a prophecy studier or expert at this time when this vision came to me. I began to walk the streets in shock at the current events. The events are difficult to describe because lawlessness and fear was permeating society completely. After about two weeks of time, television and radio began to be back up and running. However, it was completely different than what was previously uh, being broadcast. The broadcasts were being bombarded nearly everywhere, and they were depicting a soon-to-come new government and leadership. For two weeks, they shut off all our devices. Nothing worked. Then after two weeks, everything started working all over again. They got the power back. So some people like to say that was the result of nuclear suitcases or an EMP. I'm going to tell you what it is. It is the resurrection of the dead. When they're taken up, all the power grids are overloaded, shut down, and affected by the supernatural act by the living God taking up the first half of the children. Then the second half, we who are alive and remain, remain, I'm going to use that word again, remain. Did I say remain? Remain. We're here. We're not going nowhere. There's not a pre-rapture, but don't panic because we got to be the wise versions teaching and preaching the word of God to everybody. Matthew chapter 25, and then we go home. Read Matthew chapter 25. You read at the end of 25, and we see the Lord coming, and we go with him, and then the door is shut, 
And then the foolish virgins are crying out, Lord, Lord, open up to us, open up to us. And then he says, I never knew you, you who do iniquity. You read that same sentence and people that like to say, well, I'm a Christian because I have ministry and I'm a pastor and I'm this and that. Really? Go read Matthew 7. Go read Matthew 7 where he also says, I never knew you, but yet you're proclaiming that I casted out devils, preached the gospel, I, I healed people, I, I you know, gave money, all this stuff. And yet at the last at the last minute, he says, I never knew you. I, you know, you do work of iniquity. Get away from me. You got to show the works of faith. You have to die to self. There has to be a baptism in Jesus Christ. And you have to be obedient to God's word. When he says to be baptized by water, you do it. We have to show the fruit of our faith. Not the fruits. The fruit of our faith. Because God has a mighty plan. But let me not deviate. Let's talk about what we're talking about here. The coming of the Lord. The revival that's about to hit. And we're going to now examine a prophecy that was given to Dana by a dream just recently. I want you to listen to this. The 2021. But as I as I saw the same dream a couple nights in a row, things shifted and changed, and it was a little bit more detail. And I still, that's still how I dream. I have, uh, it's almost like trailers for a movie. I see something, and then I see a little bit more, I see a little bit more. Some nights I have the same dream for two or three nights, and then it shifts, and there's changes. Or I see the same dream, but I see different details. And that's how this one kind of worked out. So I'm sharing the dream. I'm just calling it the Wall Street Barter Dream. It's from June 7th to the 15th. And here's how it goes. Uh, the dream started with a sunny sky and Wall Street in the background. Many years ago, I was in New York City um, and have flown into New York uh, in the last uh, probably five, six years. And I've seen that Wall Street background. And that was what I saw. Everything was clean, proper business. Like it wasn't the rest of New York. It was clean. I saw normally dressed people on sidewalk standing behind like six to eight foot long white tables. And behind those tables, I saw live chickens in cages, a fenced in area for horses, racks of eggs. I saw tools. I saw various meat and food vendors, almost like the, like the carts, the food carts that you would see in New York or Chicago. And there were customers lined up <clears throat> and they were buying and trading and they were bartering. And I saw a man walk up with five 12-gauge shotgun shells in his hands, and he traded for 10 small chickens. A lady walked up, and she traded five hammers for 15 boxes of screws and bolts. And a gentleman in a very expensive suit walked up and took off his Rolex watch, and he traded it for 15 horses. But the man trading the horses, he said, oh, that, this Rolex is worth 30 horses. And he gave him... He was getting 30 horses. There were no vehicles on the roads. There were plenty of people on riding bikes. I saw skateboards. <clears throat> I even believe I saw someone on roller skates. But everyone was treating each other with kindness and respect. Notice there was no power. From the start of the dream to now, there is no power. They're bothering. There's no vehicles moving around. It's just no power. Why? We got to ask that question. Uh, do we believe this is going to be happening after September? No. Uh, do we believe the rapture is going to happen for the dead in Christ in September? No. Are we date setting? No. Um, but I'm just sharing what the dreams are interpreting. I'm just sharing what's happening. And I'm definitely going to be sharing what this whole podcast is about, which is basically the future, what's coming. And there's no evading it. It's coming like a train, like a tra freight train coming. We know our timing is uh, April 13th, Friday the 13th, 2029, when Apophis shall strike. So we've got to start from here to there. And if Apophis is the first four trumpets, then we got to discuss about the first uh, seven seals. When do they begin? I believe the first seal has already been opened. Um, when is the second? When is the third going to start? Some people believe we're already in the fourth and the fifth. I mean, you know, it's all over the place. But we have to examine that. Let's continue with the dream and let's listen to Dana and listen to the bothering. Then he's going to go to the back scenery and show you. I really believe when he goes to the back scenery and he sees all the rust and everything, you know, broken down, broken eggs and everything. I think he's talking about the length 
of how long this bordering continues. It starts pristine and clean, and then later on, it's just a shambles. I think it just doesn't stop. I think what Dana's warning is that once this thing starts, there's no going back. So we need, we need to be right with God. Let's listen to the rest of Dana Coverstone's dream called Wall Street Butter. And a lady walked up and she seemed very frustrated. She said she needed eggs desperately. Tears in her face. She had nothing to trade for him. She said, I need eggs desperately, but I don't have anything to trade. And another lady grabbed 10 eggs and handed them over to the recipient. And she cried. And the person who grabbed the eggs was on the other side of those who were actually had the goods to trade, you know, and or to sell or to sell or to be bartered for. But that lady got the eggs and she cried and she hugged the lady back for the gift. And there were and there were there were um, there were tears in her eyes. Now this is the same dream I had for several nights in a row. And then on the 14th I had the same dream, but a whole lot more detail was involved. And here's what I saw: sky was the same, sun was out, <clears throat> everything was exactly the same until I viewed the tables. And that's when I realized I was I was I was with the vendors on the other side, seeing the people who were going to be buying stuff walking towards the tables. So I was on the seller side looking out. These tables were bowing down from the weight upon them and all the items that were set there for the bartering. The eggs that were on that rack were unwashed, and a few were cracked and dripping down onto the other egg cartons. The tools that I saw had slight slight amounts of rust, and they were organized according to their intentions. So you had. Uh, you know, um, you had hammers all on a table, screwdrivers over here, but there were no power tools. Everything was hand driven. I saw the the wooden awls. Uh, I saw the uh, I saw just basically hand powered tools and things like that. There were boxes of screws and nails. There were screwdrivers. I saw hand drills, planers. Uh, I saw shovels and rakes and garden tools, and there were also hoses and feeding troughs for animals. And those were all stacked in five, ten, or fifteen uh, at a time. Nobody was carrying cell phones or talking to one or looking at one. And the man with the shells, here I saw him again. He walked up. I noticed he was barefoot. He was holding up his pants with one hand, the end of belt. And in the other hand, he had the shotgun shells. When he, when he was handed the chickens, he took his shirt off and made a makeshift bag out of it to hold these small chickens. The woman with the hammers uh, had pajama bottoms on, but a dress shirt and sweater. She was wearing one earring and had fake nails on one hand and her normal undone fingernails on the other. The man in the suit had forgotten his wallet, but now appeared to have a suit jacket over an undershirt, but no dress shirt, no tie. And the back of his jacket was wrinkled like he slept in it. And when he took off the Rolex, he took off each individual metal bands. He broke it into smaller pieces. And then in the distance, I could hear thunder. And I saw storm clouds coming from the west and suddenly, lightning struck the Empire State Building, and it lit up. And everyone bartering covered their goods as ran and ran as fast as they could into the buildings of Wall Street. So into the stock exchange, into those high-rise glass-fronted buildings. And then the man that I always see that I believe represents Jesus, he unfurled an umbrella. He was there in the midst of all that near the tables, and he unfurled an umbrella, and he stood under it to shield him from the rain that was not pouring on, that was pouring on the ground around him. And here's what he said, you are not as prepared as you need to be. So hearken to my word and brace. Don't barter with my word as you will come up short. And that was the dream that I had and we're sharing today. So, I believe that God is speaking to us, uh, not only metaphorically, but physically showing us the future, that the power is going to just die. It could be also the power of the church is going to be dead once the actual remnant of the church goes up because the foolish virgins are going to be powerless. They have to get gold refined by the fire. That means that they're going to have to go through the, the heat of the tribulation, the heat of the trials, the despair, the anxieties, uh, the, uh, the wrath of the... Antichrist and the one world government, one world religion, and they're going to have very little power uh, during that time. Um, it could be metaphoric, you know, God could be speaking that way. And definitely at the end, He says, Don't barter my word. That means that He says, Don't cut corners. You have to produce fruit for your faith. There has to be works. Somebody says, Oh, that's all, you know, we don't work for our salvation. Our salvation was by belief. 
but you have to produce the works of that faith. You can't be cursing up a storm. You can't be going after a person um, because you don't you dislike them. You can't you can't have sex out of marriage. You can't believe in abortion and all the uh, beliefs of the Democrats and then say that you're a, a, a Christian. You can't say women have rights for their bodies and men have rights also for their bodies, and and believe that you're 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 living in the spirit. No, you're living in the flesh. You're living in darkness. And you can't do that. You have to live by the Spirit as God calls it and how James wants us to uh, explain to us in his chapters in the book of James. Um, you know, we have to produce that because they, you shall know them by their fruit. Uh, clearly, I should know a person that's transformed by God's word. They want to get baptized by water. They want to clean up their act. They want to change. You know, they want to be kinder to their spouses. They want to stop the, stop the sexual immorality, the pornography. They want to stop the cursing. They want to stop the stealing. That you know, I mean, the list goes on. Stop homosexuality. They want to stop immorality. You know, these all these gender garbages. There's only two genders: it's male and female. That's the bottom line. Bible's clear. Okay, uh, it's going to be only one marriage: it's a husband and a wife, and that's it. A male and female. That's that's the Bible. I'm sorry if it offends you. Then you're in perpetual sin, and God doesn't know you. You could say all day long if you're gay or if, if you're in a sinner or whatever. I love God and I'm a Christian. Yeah, well, entering a garage doesn't call you a car, and entering into ministry or calling yourself a pastor or, or a deacon or you're 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 a prophet or whatever doesn't mean that you're a Christian. It doesn't mean none of that. The Bible teaches that in Matthew chapter seven, and also in Matthew 25. You got to know God. You got to be in God. You got to do His parameters. As a matter of fact, James says something that a lot of people don't want to touch on, but he's not talking about the Torah law. He's talking about the law of liberty. And I'm going to read that right now. I'm reading from chapter 2 in the book of James. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel, and there should also come a poor man in filthy clothes, and you will pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, You sit here in a good place, and you say to the poor man, You sit there, or you sit here at my footstool, have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brethren, God has chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and the heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him. But you have dishonored the poor man. Listen to that. You have dishonored him by even putting him by your footstool, thinking you're doing the right thing. No, you're, you're, you're actually shaming him and you're dishonoring yourself. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts? Do they not blaspheme that na noble name by which you are called? It's true. They, they always, in all these movies, they disrespect God's word every time. It's sickening. Do they not blaspheme that noble name by which you are called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scriptures, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. Listen to that. We don't do that. We don't want to love our neighbors as ourselves. And then it continues about saying, but if you show partiality, you have committed sin and are convicted by the law as a transgressor. <laughs> you have, if you show partiality, listen to that. Oh, my goodness. Now watch this. And whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all of it. And they're talking about the law of liberty, ladies and gentlemen, not the Torah law. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law of liberty, not the law of the Torah law. This is the book of James. And the book of James is about the law of liberty, not the Torah. Check that out. So speak, so do as those who will ju be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Wow. Praise the living, and that's basically, that's James chapter 2. I was reading from that chapter, uh, chapter 2 of James. Wow. So, in James, even there, if you break one portion of the law, you've broken it all. 
Now, Romans 8 says, for there's no condemnation to those that continue in Christ Jesus. That means that if you're continuing and you're striving for it, but there's people out there that have this mentality that they don't care. That's what he's talking about. Man, I could go into it. We got to study the book of James. That's where I think we need to go. But I hope you love this podcast. I hope you hear the warnings of Dimitri Dudeman and Dana Coverstone and myself. This is Synagogue Church of Jesus Christ. I am Prophet Pastor Johnny O. May the Lord bless you greatly. In Jesus' name, amen.